0: coming up on the keto camp podcast, we bring back Dr. Kate Shanahan to discuss all things, poofas and seed oils. Let's do this.
1: You don't build your body out of parts that you inhale. For, with cigarette smoke, it's the toxicity uh, begins and ends with the, the, the beginning and end of your cigarette. Mm. With vegetable oils, or say a French fry, there's toxins in the French fry, but then there's also unoxidized polyunsaturated fatty acids that are gonna end up in your body fat. Mm. And that's where we get to a whole other layer of metabolic impacts that that go beyond just the direct toxic effects and start to uh, get into what I, we touched on earlier with, well, what does it mean when your body fat is full of stuff that your mitochondria can't use for energy? So so that's why it's worse than cigarettes.
0: We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the KetoCam podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations Hey, Keto Camper, I hope this new year has been awesome for you. Uh, You know, we're a few days into it, and I pray that you develop some amazing momentum so you could have the best year ever. We're gonna be here for you on the Keto Camp Podcast every single week with brand new episodes, two to three times per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then sometimes more than that. Today we have Dr. Kate Shanahan. We've had Dr. Kate Shanahan on the show a couple times before, back in 2020 and 2021. Those conversations were incredible. And now we have her back. Uh, By the way, if you haven't heard those, we'll link those in the podcast notes so you can listen to them after today's interview. Today's interview is super fascinating because we're going to get into the physiology of vegetable oils. I asked her the question, you heard in the intro, what's worse, smoking, seed oils, processed sugar. She's going to explain why she believes seed oils are way worse and what we can do about it. We're going to we're going to unpack those 8 oils. She calls them the hateful 8. How to know if they're processed right versus wrong, what to do at restaurants. We also get into a fun topic, the American Heart Association. When you go to your grocery store and you see canola oil, soybean oil, these inflammatory fats, why does the American Heart Association have their stamp of approval? Well, she calls them the American Heart Association, the biggest fake news organization in America. She's going to explain why it's corrupt and how they fund these publications and why this is fake science. We'll get into the chemical structure of polyunsaturated fatty acids, PUFAs. Remember this. Put this down in your notes. PUFAs go poof. They oxidize. They contain many double bonds, and they are going to attract in an aggressive way oxygen, and they get stored in your body fat. She's going to break that down for you. We'll talk about the difference between peanut oil that's refined versus unrefined. Peanut oil is kind of in the middle ground, she'll explain that, but it's best to find unrefined organic. We'll unpack the smoking versus vegetable oils conversation, what to do when you're eating out, and then we get into a question and answer portion because this is a podcast release from a recent keto challenge we did a few months ago, but this is the first time we are releasing this to the public for you today, and I loved it so much, I wanted to release it. So we get into some Q&A's from the VIP members from our previous Keto Challenge, and they will ask Dr. K. Shanahan the following questions, and you'll get the answers. How do we release PUFAs from our stored fats? How do we get them out of the body? Because the half-life is about 680 days, two years. What about essential oils, if they contain seed oils, and you're putting that on your skin, and cleaning products, or not cleaning products, but like lotions, et cetera, and so much more. So you're going to love this episode. Just a reminder, we are just a few days away from our next seven-day free keto challenge. It's starting January 9th, 2023. That's this coming Monday, and for seven days, we're going to go live in a private Facebook group, two-hour live streams every single day. I'm going to educate you. I'm going to teach you all I know about keto, keto flexing, intermittent fasting, the carnivore diet, cholesterol, lipid panels, supporting your liver. Uh, intermittent fasting strategies, diet variation, and so much more. You're going to learn more in seven days than probably your entire life. Not only am I going to educate, but I'm bringing on special speakers, which include Dr. Mindy Pels. She's a featured speaker coming on the challenge, along with Dr. Daniel Pompa. I call him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He's my personal mentor. I'm actually bringing him and Mindy on at the same time, session four. We also are bringing on Dr. Boz who has an incredible YouTube channel. She's going to talk about glucose, testing glucose, A1C, why glucose destroys the brain, how to reverse uh, food addiction, and much more. We also are bringing on Megan Ramos to talk about insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes and how to use keto and fasting to reverse it. Megan Ramos is an incredible resource who works closely with Dr. Jason Fung. And we are giving away over $10,000 in free prizes. We're going to be giving away six months worth of purity coffee, 24 cartons of kettle and fire, 13 bottles of pure form plant-based omega, which is the solution to fish oil, by the way. We'll talk about fish oil today and why we don't like that. We're giving away boxes and bottles of kinetic exogenous ketone drinks. I'm about to have mine right now. We're giving away four bags of Dr. Ben Bickman's Health Code Keto-Friendly Shakes along with Shaker Cups. We're giving away two big bundles of Paleo Valley uh, supplements and beef sticks, two big bundles of Redmond's Real Salt and Electrolytes. We're giving away a one-year membership to our signature course, the Keto Camp Academy, to get coaching from me and our coaches for a year. That's a $4,000 prize we're giving away for free. We're also giving away Good Idea functional, sparkling water, um, bottles of their amazing drinks that taste good but also helps with postprandial glucose and much more, which in- also includes several copies of my latest book, Keto Flex. All you need to do to qualify to win any or all of these prizes is sign up for the challenge and join the live streams, and you'll qualify. Head over to KetoCampChallenge.com. Remember, campus is with a K. We'll drop a link down below for you. KetoCampChallenge.com, register. Share it with a friend and family. Have them join you. You're going to want to prioritize this week and join us. It's going to be life-changing. I cannot wait. Let's get to today's Apple podcast rating and review from V. 14 Five-star review titled, I'm a big fan of Keto Camp, and I just signed up for his challenge. I learned so much, and I love his guests. This is one of the most informative podcasts I listen to on health and keto, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. His book, Ketoflex, is a Bible for how to do keto the right way. Thanks, Ben, thank you, Anna. I'm so grateful you're listening to many podcasts and you chose us and you've heard the book or you've read the book, Keto Flex. And I'm so glad it resonated with you. Thank you so much for listening. So excited for you to join us in our challenge. And if you haven't left the Keto Camp podcast a rating and review yet for those listening right now, please pause this and do so on whatever platform you're listening from. It makes a big difference for us to get the message out there. Without further ado, Let's start the conversation with Dr. Kate Shanahan. Here we go. Dr. Kate is a brilliant, just exceptional practitioner. I've learned more about seed oils, PUFAs, the metabolism from her than anybody else. I'm constantly singing her praises. Uh, When I speak on stage, I'm always giving her shout outs. And I think that's important. As Dr. Kate would testify, you got to give credit where credit is due. And a lot of the things I've been teaching is a testament and credit to Dr. Kate. She is unique in the sense that she believes the first thing you should do to change your health and your metabolic condition is to get rid of these damaged fats as the first step. This session is very, very important. You're going to want to grab a piece of paper and take notes. Here's a formal introduction. She is the leading authority on nutrition and human metabolism, board certified family physician with over 20 years of clinical experience. She's a New York Times bestselling author of The Fat Burn Fix, Deep Nutrition, a classic in the health scene, in the health space, and Food Rules. I have all of those books. Her experience is fixing the underlying problems that cause metabolic damage and inflammation, leading to autoimmunity, weight gain, diabetes, cancer, and accelerated aging process. Her passion is helping people feel their, be- feel their best. I actually have it right here, and I have it on Audible. I have all her books, paperback and Audible. This right here is a classic. Go get this book. She's also living in Florida like me. So without further ado, here is the amazing Dr. Kate Shanahan. Hey, Dr. Kate.
1: Hi, Ben. Thank you for such a lovely introduction. I love what you're doing here. This is great. You're helping so many people.
0: Thank you, Kate. And uh, thank you so much for what you've taught me over the years. Every time I watch a video of yours or read something you wrote, it's just like light bulb moment after light bulb moment. And it actually inspires me to create content on it, which which I love. So I want to thank you for your work. And her website is drkate.com. She has a lot of research on there. Before we dive into why you believe the first thing we should do is remove these bad facts, maybe you could give the audience a backstory of uh, kind of your journey in the health space.
1: Okay, I'll try to keep it short. Um, Because I'm old, right? So this could go on. But all the high points are I'm a medical doctor. But before I went to medical school, I trained in biochemistry. And my goal of being a biochemist was to get to the underlying causes of whatever people were suffering from. And my selfish thing was I had a lot of trouble with um, sports injuries shin splints, Achilles tendonitis, and so on. So I wanted to be able to understand the underlying problem. That was why I went to um, school at Cornell for, it was genetics and molecular biology. So like I was sure I was going to be able to discover something really important there, but absolutely that just didn't happen. As genes and stuff are way so complicated and we were just in our infancy, we were still doing stuff that now they did, you know, now the sophisticatedness of what we did is in a COVID test, but it, it would take days to do that. And we were creating things by hand. It was very in its infancy. So I, I bailed on that. I went to medical school and um, had really given up on the desire. I mean, not the desire, and the dream of getting to the root cause of people's problems and settled into just a routine of being a regular doctor prescribing drugs, prescribing statins for people. Um, who had high cholesterol and were supposedly at risk of heart attacks and strokes and, you know, all the usual stuff. And it was very unsatisfying other than, you know, my patients were nice. I love them. Occasionally I could actually help them. Um, But uh, when I got sick myself, then I went back down the rabbit hole of nutrition and discovered the gold buried it, 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 uh, underground. That was um, to s- extend the metaphor, maybe a little too much. Uh, but it was like the reality that uh, cholesterol was never the bad guy. Saturated fat was never the bad guy. It's been seed oils. And since 1948, um, the American Heart Association has been lying to us about this because they got funding from, Mm. uh, from Crisco. And so like that realization changed everything about the way I practiced medicine. And I just kept on learning more things that seed oils do as we, and we've been eating seed oils in such ridiculous amounts. That's why I say they're the number one, most important uh, thing to understand about your health and and change first about your diet.
0: Yeah. Um, And, uh, so important because to your point, Dr. Kate, seed oils are everywhere. They're at the fanciest restaurants that you attend. They're at Whole Food Supermarket and the Hot Food Bar. They're in all these packaged foods because they're cheap and these companies make a profit. And there's a lot of uh, misinformation regarding seed oils. And you mentioned the American Heart Association. When I interviewed you on my Keto Camp podcast um, for the second time, you said that the American Heart Association is one of the biggest fake news uh, propaganda organizations out there. Do you still believe that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it is almost you could say it's almost like the original fake news organization because they were pretty much launched to be that. Like they uh, before 1948, the pivotal year, they were a small and underfunded professional society of doctors who were interested in studying heart attacks. In 1948, they decided to accept outside funding, and their first benefactor gave them a whopping 1.7 million dollars. That's in 1948 dollars, so it's about 10 times that today. Oh. And um, and and since then, they've just become a powerhouse. But the thing is, they've taken over the nutrition conversation. All so the American Heart Association just pertains, you know, to heart disease, but all the other medical organizations the American Diabetes Association, American Cancer Society, these the Alzheimer's Foundations, foundations looking into causes of childhood diseases and devastating diseases like autism. They turn to this one organization, the American Heart Association, the corrupt organization for their nutrition information. And since 1948, they've just been pumping out so much uh so much, so many publications that I hesitate because it's like, it seems like it's science and doctors believe it's science. These, they call them scientific publications, but it's not, it is simply propaganda. And, and that is such an, uh, such a devastating impact on the progress in medical health. it's, It's stalled us completely. And in fact, we're going backwards. In terms of our ability to make people healthy, and you can just look at look the for the evidence of that in the headlines, like just yeah, more and more obesity. We got more obese. This is an interesting statistic. Between the year two 2000 and 2020, we consumed an average of almost exactly identical calories the whole time, maybe 50 calories more by the end of the that 20-year period. But we had the prevalence of obesity go from 14% to tw- in 2020 to 42%. And we have not been eating more calories. We have not been eating more carbohydrates or sugar. We've not been eating more grains or anything like that. What we've been eating more is the seed oils. Mm. So that to me, right there, I was making the point of our health has gone backwards. Our health has not just gone backwards. It's gone backwards at an accelerating rate. And what we think as normal aging, we're getting these ideas from people who are now 80. Their experience of aging is going to be 10 times better than ours, yours and mine, especially like, you know, if, if let's say we didn't even know about seed oils until today, that puts you at higher risk of accelerated aging and makes it all the more urgent to get off them, even though it's difficult to do the work, to get off of them today. That is why I say it's the most important thing. We don't, even, we don't even have a way of estimating lifespan anymore. That's accurate because it's been such a moving target. Seed oils are shortening our lifespan the more we eat them and we're continuing to eat them at an accelerated and ever accelerating rate. So it's, it's like an emergency.
0: It is. And that's alarming, that percentage of increase of obesity in just a couple of years. Um, That study came out, a study came out in 2018, as you know, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill study that showed about 88% of American adults are unhealthy. And then you explained that was before the last couple of years. And that got obviously worse, to your point. Harvard came out with that article last year that showed by the year 2030, about 50% of American adults will be obese. Um, Judging by what you just said, it's probably going to be much faster than that unless we really become aware of the dangers of seed oils. And that is empowering because she's about, Dr. Kate's about to teach you um, more about the dangers of it. And then we'll go into some practical ways you can mitigate the damage. But one more point to make on the American Heart Association is that when we go to the grocery store, it could be a high-end grocery store or, or, or whatever, we see vegetable oil, seed oils with that stamp of approval from the American Heart Association. And people see that. And either consciously or subconsciously, they they think it's safe. You know, if they put their stamp of approval on there, it has to be safe. But how do they even get away with that if it's so damaging? And how much money is the American Heart Association being paid to actually put that stamp there?
1: Yeah. So like, I I know the figure uh, used to be $750,000. Um, you know, for, I think it was a cereal company, and this was back in like 20, uh, 2005 or something like that. So uh, they probably charge more, they get more money from bigger companies, and they probably just get more on average today to do that. Um, but yeah, that's, a, that's part of their funding. A huge portion of their funding comes, of course, from the drug companies, insurance companies, and hospital organizations. And the um, medical device companies that that all basically are, you know, part of this huge uh, healthcare industry. And again, I hesitate because I hate to call, I hate to use it, a word that's completely inaccurate. It's like the ironically called healthcare industry, (laughs) right? And a lot of people call it the sick care. Yeah. Or what did you just say?
0: Yeah. The sick care is what I just said. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's like, they don't care. (laughs) It's worse than that. Yeah. The
0: no care industry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um, yeah, so like they, the American Heart Association is, the, is a nonprofit. A lot of people think it's um, a governmental organization because the word American is right in there, but it's not. It's a nonprofit. They accept donations and they accept donations from industry and they are the best funded mostly by industry um, health organization in the country. Their budget is over a billion dollars a year. Wow. That, that eclipses the American Heart Association by like uh, several times. I'm sorry, the American
0: Diabetes Association. Okay, yeah, got it. So wow, that's <laughs> insane. That That's crazy. And it could be so confusing for people who want to be healthy. But then, and, and I'm sure you've gotten so many arrows. I'm getting a lot of arrows as I put more content out about this. There are doctors on social media, dietitians and nutritionists who – believe that oils are healthy and they have all these studies like how do you how do you navigate those waters how do you teach people like that's what they're seeing but what they're seeing is kind of from like muddied uh propaganda waters
1: Yeah. So it depends who we're talking to. Like if I'm if I'm talking to like a patient who kind of gets it that natural like natural law or natural order really is what we should be studying and understanding and trying to put our bodies in alignment with that natural law and natural order, by which I just mean, you know, common sense things the way people, you know, always nourished our bodies. Um, and I talk about that in detail in deep nutrition, but uh, you know, how we did that, those strategies. But um, so for those people, they already knew that. <laughs> and that's fortunately a good portion of the population. Like these are people who like, oh, I always never thought, you know, I, I always bought butter. Um, so the hardest conversations are, are with people who are personally invested themselves. They, they made their living or they make a money. They make money. Off of the idea that um CDOs are, are healthy, right? And so that is going to be like your cardiologists, your standard dietitian, um, and most nutritionists, sports nutritionists are really, really um miseducated, unfortunately. And um, and those kinds of conversations, I just have to point them to like heavy duty research, right? And say, like, if you don't understand this research. Then go back and study chemistry, biochemistry, organic chemistry, cell physiology, human physiology, until you do, or or just take my word for it, <laughs> right? Because um, I mean, the truth is, the American Heart Association is a propaganda organization, and why why should we take them seriously? I mean, they should be the ones on the defensive. they're the ones making the extraordinary claim. Like right now, we've all been brainwashed, right? We've all been brainwashed to believe that foods that people ate, foods like butter and eggs and and meat uh, that people have eaten for thousands and thousands of years before the epidemic of obesity, heart attacks, diabetes, type two diabetes was practically non-existent. And until 1938, that was the first time it was characterized in Western medicine. Um, And uh, so before all these chronic diseases, you have to understand that people were doing better we didn't have antibiotics. We didn't li- live as long on average, but those people who survived it through infancy, the, me- the reason our lifespan was shorter was mostly because people died in infancy of infections. Yeah. But once you survived that you were, if you made it to 60, you were going to make it to 80. And if you made it to 80, you had, to, you were healthy and people who, w- who were 80 were healthy. Like everything was a little slower, but they weren't like in nursing homes, needing, you know, memory care. They, they weren't like uh, on dialysis. They, you know, th- it didn't well it did sort of exist but you know they were healthier so um so the common sense things we just need to tap into common sense and realize that the american heart association is making a claim that um counters common sense how is it that people could have been healthy in later in life free of all these diseases while eating butter <laughs> and eggs how could they have done that And by the way, most people that I speak to, they have a personal experience with this, not necessarily themselves, but with a relative or a grandparent or a friend's grandparent that like grew up in some other country and like they call them poor, but they actually were wealthy in terms of their ability to get nutrition because they took responsibility for doing it themselves. They raised their own food. They made sure they knew what the animals ate. They worked in harmony with the environment. They didn't think about it as like in hippy dippy feel good kind of, Thing It was just like common sense. This is what we do. This is how you survive. And if you don't know how to survive, you're not going to, you will get sick. And it was just built into common sense. And so the American Heart Association, by telling us to avoid saturated fat, they're telling us to stop everything. They're saying, wait, hold it, hold it, hold it, evolution. I know human beings have come to this point eating saturated fat and eating eggs and living on animal products. And, yeah, of course, we have some, some grain sometimes in some circumstances. That was part of our evolutionary history. We have some vegetables sometimes, you know, especially spice and things. Um, but uh, but the American Heart Association is saying forget forget that the, any of that happened close your eyes forget that don't look at the man behind the curtain listen to me I'm telling you to eat this stuff that came from a factory I mean just based on the common sense level right that's what I feel like a lot of times is the best way to truth right like if because there's experts will battle it out forever right they'll be using their experts they by definition use terms that non-experts don't necessarily understand very well so, I don't want, you know, to be like the battle of the experts. I want to appeal to common sense. And I think that's where the money is because common sense is, well, first of all it's not actually that common, but it's a priceless thing. And when something makes common sense to you, um, you know, when you think about the big enough picture, right? It's very important to understand the context, the big picture. How did humans get here? What did we used to do? Let's not pretend that we have to invent nutrition from scratch starting in 1948. People knew a lot about how to raise healthy children before then. If you look at our track record, it was better. So that's the kind of argument that I make. And I, and I hope it, it works for a lot of people. I, I know it works for some, but I, I don't know like the portion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no i love that common sense you know does it make sense to introduce these factory oils and uh, and i showed the 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 group here on monday i think it was monday that uh, video on youtube how canola oil is made i mean just looking at that process of how that's one of the seed oils how canola oil is made like does it does that look like something that's healthy for you just the whole pro, the bleaching deodorizing and going through those machinery the machinery it just doesn't make sense right it's like Look at that, and then how butter is made, or how some, you know, yeah. olive oil is made. You're just pressing the olive oil. So, that right there is like common sense. Just look at the two different ways they process that. And it's not just the American Heart Association. It's also, as you know, the Tufts Tufts University um, came out with that chart that showed, you know, foods like Cheerios and frosted mini wheats should be encouraged, but foods like butter and eggs and red meat should be minimized. It's a, it's a big battle that we're facing, but I I do believe those who have common sense, see that chart and they laugh and they think this is, this is backwards. (laughs) Um, Go ahead.
1: Another backwards thing. And the reason that the American heart association kind of gets away with fooling doctors about um, seed oils being healthy is the fact that they lower cholesterol levels. Hmm. Okay, so this is a whole other bomb uh, that opens up a door to another conversation o- about cholesterol. Cholesterol doesn't indeed cause heart attacks. Mm. Like that, A theory was never proven. It's been disproven many, many times. Sure, there is cholesterol in atherosclerotic plaque, but that, how did it get there? Why is it there? And is it trying to seal up some damage or is it what caused the damage? The American Heart Association says it's what caused the damage. And the American Heart Association says seed oils are healthy because they lower your serum cholesterol but we actually have research that showed that the american heart association hid data from a study showing that for every like 20 points that seed oils lower your cholesterol they increase your chance of dying by something like 37 percent. wow called the, the reappraisal of the minnesota heart study and every single doctor um, and healthcare practitioner needs to understand that study. And and that's Harvard, funny. yeah, it's 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 that's why doctors think that seed oils are healthy because we've been brainwashed to believe that cholesterol is bad. And so there, it's almost like the proof, right? When people stop eating seed oils and start eating healthy fats, their cholesterol will go up, and that's a good thing. That's what yeah. I tell people.
0: Yeah. I mean, to what you said earlier, it's basic human physiology. What is cholesterol used for? The membrane is partly made up of cholesterol. It builds your sex hormones. The brain loves fat and cholesterol. And if your cholesterol is under 200, like that's a problem. That's not the goal. And I remember my fiance, she used to have a corporate job. And some of the, the contests they used to run at her corporate job was uh, rewarding um, people employees who could get their cholesterol the lowest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's really sad. Uh, You know, it's just um, so misguided and well-meaning people take it as truth because there seems to be so much resource research behind it. And it's all smoke and mirrors coming from the the originating sources, the American Heart Association. And, And they have intelligently aligned themselves with these pillars of respect, the the elite Ivy Leagues, right? So you're going to see people at Harvard coming out and always defending seed oils. You're going to see people from Tufts and Yale and often Stanford and the Cleveland Clinic coming out and supporting the idea that seed oils are healthy, that cholesterol, there's no such thing as a a good cholesterol level. Lower is better always. That's what they Mm -hmm. say. It's just shocking. You know, people who have a cholesterol level, when I graduated, um, cholesterol, Normal cholesterol, uh, the bad kind, was under 190. 190. Today, that is like a red flag for you. have You might have th- uh, thyroid disease or you might have a very dangerous condition called familial hypercholesterolemia. Yeah. And you might need to go on infusions to transfer your blood out of your body, clean the cholesterol out, and give you <laughs> your blood back. I mean, that is so... Far from what we actually need to be doing with our healthcare dollars, Mm. Um, and and there's another um, movement towards getting LDL level down to lower than forty. Not just with statins, but you have to use three drugs to do that. Three expensive drugs. Like we're spending billions of dollars in this hopeless like war on cholesterol that is. Uh, you know, only going to make us less healthy.
0: Hey, keto camper! I want to interrupt this episode real quick and let you know about a product I've been using to reduce inflammation and to get better sleep. When it comes to the CBD space, it is like the wild, wild west. And the company I've discovered is Dr. Phillips Formulations. It is pure, safe, potent. And yes, it's formulated by a doctor. They bring over 20 years of medical experience to their CBD oil. They have a proprietary formulation which combines pure high quality ingredients with the knowledge of a board certified physician. They have tinctures that are internationally certified for non-GMO and here's what they also have, keto CBD fruit chews. Yes, they are keto friendly, they taste delicious and they're a great way to reduce inflammation in the body if you want to get your hands on these cbd tinctures and keto fruit chews head over to DrPhillipsCBD.com. that is d-r-p-h-i-l-l-i-p-s-c-b-d.com we will also put a link for you in the podcast notes down below okay let's get back to this episode Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like same could go for cancer. Same could go for diabetes. Right. Same could go for all these metabolic conditions. So let's get into seed oils, right? Let's um, you know, explain to the, to the group here what exactly chemical structure, what is a polyunsaturated fat? Why are they so unstable? Something that I always um, mention, PUFAs, polyunsaturated fats, you always say PUFAs go poof, right? So explain yeah. what that means and how this works at a biochemical level.
1: Right. So the seed oils have a lot of these polyunsaturated fatty acids, which I'm just going to say poof, it's easier. Um, and they biochemically are easily attacked by oxygen and they become toxic once that happens. It's, it's kind of like we know that you don't want to you don't you don't want to like inhale cigarette smoke. Right. That's an oxidation or combustion reaction happening there. And it just the, the stinky stuff generate is bad. That is toxic stuff. And in fact, indeed, seed oils, foods cooked in seed oils, especially deep fried like French fries, um, they have some of the very same toxins that you inhale when you're inhaling cigarette smoke. And one of them is called croton croton aldehyde. It's an aldehyde. Um, And French fries have as much croton aldehyde as cigarettes. It's literally a one-to-one. So if you smoke a cigarette, Or eat a French fry, you're getting uh, the same amount of croton aldehyde. And I need to just say this is not French fries fried in tallow, which is the traditional way of doing it. This is French fries, you know, from a regular restaurant where they now have to use soy oil or corn or one of the other seed oils that I group into the hateful eight category. Just so people know there's a bunch of them. You got to kind of memorize the eight of them. But that's it. Once you memorize that, you're 80% of the way home to improving your diet. It's a big first step. Yeah. But yeah.
0: And uh, the Hateful Eight. So we went over that actually on Monday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna right. to name them again. It's a, it's a great way to remember these because there are three C's, three S's, and then two others. So hopefully everybody has their pen and paper ready. I'll share them with, with them. So you have canola, corn, and cottonseed. Corn is also called rapeseed in the UK. So if you live in the UK, keep in mind corn, canola, cottonseed. Those are the three C's. You have soybean, safflower, and sunflower. Those are the three S's. And then you have grapeseed and you have rice bran oil. Those are the hateful eight, right, Dr. Kate?
1: Perfect. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, canola is a brand of rapeseed oil. And um, so they love it in uh, Canada, of course. And um, it's becoming more popular in Europe too, where they do call it, I think, rapeseed there.
0: And uh, so these are called PUFAs, polyunsaturated fats. They're also called linoleic acid. Um, I think the the half-life, I think it was you who told me, the half-life meaning if we got rid of these vegetable oils today, how long will half of them remain in our body fat? You said, I think two years or so would be the estimation?
1: Yeah, so if you're normal weight, then um, that's about 18 months. Um, if you're overweight, presumably it's longer just because there's more. And the half-life means the time to which half of it is cleared out. So um, it also depends on how active you are. So, you know, the role of exercise and burning calories can kind of help accelerate that a little bit, but you don't want to push the issue. Even though, I think though, Ben, it's really important to point out that even though it does take a long time to get them all cleared out, like maybe four or five years when all is said and done, because half-life just means half. So when you double that, now you've got three quarters of them out, right? Um, So... That's like, that sounds and da- daunting and like, um, I can't wait that long to feel good. Well, the good news is you feel good like the first day you stop eating them and balance your diet in a healthy way. Like for example, with the keto diet, or I, I recommend a, a variation on the keto diet too for some people who don't, who for, for whom the, the keto diet just doesn't quite appeal or they don't feel like they can do it. I have a variation on it that I found works really well. I talk about that in my fat burn fix, but I fully support the keto diet. In fact, I talked about that in the fat burn fix too yeah. and how people can tell when, maybe they can are ready to use it. Um, even if they weren't maybe at the beginning, but, um, but so, um, yeah, so the, uh, these eight hateful eight oils, um, are, they build up in your body fat and they, they don't give your energy producing mitochondria, uh, a a decent fuel. They're not a good fuel. And so every cell in your body, your muscles, your brain, they generate energy, ATP energy, in these little things called mitochondria. And research shows that uh, when you kind of force cells to use polyunsaturated fatty acids, PUFAs, whether they're omega-6 or omega-3, actually both don't, both are polyunsaturated fatty acids, right? Um, so, uh, cause a lot of people have heard that like omega-3 is, is you got to supplement that, but like, you don't really have to, cause it, it is a worse fuel. Even, um, the mm-hmm. more, the more double bonds, the worse they, uh, do in terms of allowing your body to give you energy. They damage mitochondria when the mitochondria are forced to burn polyunsaturated fatty acids. So they start shutting down your cell because it's not getting the energy it needs. Mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of a key thing here. This part, like what I'm going to say next has to do with why people crave sugar and carbohydrates.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because when your cells aren't, aren't getting energy from fat, from your body fat, there's always a little sugar in the bloodstream and they're going to start sucking that in and that's gonna make you feel hypoglycemic it's gonna drop your blood sugar level and that's why people crave sugar and that's also why people develop um insulin resistance and diabetes and i described mm-hmm. that in fat burn fix if there's anybody really like on the expert level that wants to know the details about that but um but yeah i think it's a really important like it's my that's my hypothesis about what drives insulin resistance because so far no one's got one that makes sense to me like people have hypotheses there's others they don't make sense to me, <laughs> so I, I had to come up with something that I felt looked at the big picture and really explains everything that I've seen in clinic and everything that helps people um, like, like get better and all the problems that people stumble into if they if they keep eating seed oils and uh, you know, don't, don't kind of like balance their meals in a certain way when they have type two diabetes. It really helps to balance your meals with just a little bit of slow digesting carbohydrates. Some people just need that. Not, not to get you over like uh, into a high carb diet. you will still be in a carb control diet. It'll it'll still
0: be low carb uh, compared to the standard American diet. Yeah.
1: Yes. See, so you said
0: you said a few things that are very interesting. You you mentioned omega three, like you're referencing fish oil, and um, fish oil has what five double bonds, I believe.
1: Yeah. So there's, um, they've got omega three fatty acids uh, always have more double bonds for the same number of carbons than omega six, and so fish oil has a twenty carbon and a twenty two. I believe, or else it's 24 carbon. Um, uh, like there's two types in fish oil. It's the it. EPA and the DHA. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, one of them has like four or five and the other has five or six, but it's a lot. It's too many for, you know, your mitochondria. They cannot use it for fuel. We're not supposed to have that much, you know, in our diet. We're not supposed to force our mitochondria to use that for fuel, Um, but because of their chemical nature, very often they end up in the mitochondria when we eat too much. Mm -hmm. And we are eating a lot of omega-3. It's just that, um, the, uh, the reason people can still be deficient in omega-3, even though they're eating so much has to do with the fact that it's so reactive with oxygen that it just gets destroyed inside your body. So like you eat it. But it gets oxidized before it it makes its way to your brain or your tissues. So that's why I say, you know, to most people, you don't need to supplement. You just need to stop the seed oils because they're causing oxidation that destroys omega-3 right and you know and some things maybe it feels a little better if you have you know to supplement with omega-3 until you've gotten your oxidation in your body under enough control that the natural omega-3 always in your diet won't get destroyed anymore so Mm. some people benefit but like i wouldn't know how to pick out that person like you know what i mean like it's it's so much safer to just um Eat the fish. Yeah, e- yes, and and also stop the seed oils. They've done studies on fish oil that show that they increase um, something called sudden cardiac death when you supplement fish oil. Um, you know, and partly that could be because the fish oil was oxidized and they were eating toxin. Mm-hmm. Partly it could be just because it's just too much uh, PUFA in their body and it just doesn't help. And yeah. they they supplement with quite a bit, several grams. It's a lot.
0: Yeah. And this is, I love this conversation because uh, I'm totally aligned with you on the fish oil thing, but it's, 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 it goes against even people that I respect and I adore in our keto space, in our health space. Uh, They're talking about taking one to two grams of fish oil each day. They're recommending it. And I I think from my research, the NIH did a a study on how much EPA and DHA does the brain actually need for an adult human being. And and it was 7.2 milligrams from what I saw and one capsule of fish oil is a thousand milligrams. See, people are doing two thousand. That doesn't make sense. That's it's just a super physiological overdose of omega three.
1: Absolutely, and and yes, uh, oxidation science is extremely complicated. I don't think I would even have like gone down that rabbit hole or understood it had I not just so happened to study exactly that when I was at Cornell, like it was the biochemistry and molecular biology department. And I had a whole course where we talked about polyunsaturated fatty acid oxidation and the different spin states and Mm. uh, you know, what type of oxygen there's like, what type of oxygen um, there's like superoxide versus hydroxide can react with which, which fatty acid. I mean, like that was all like part of my education. And then here, I, like I, at the same time, I had no idea I was eating a ton of the stuff. Right. And so it wasn't until I got sick. Then I was like, wait a second, this, what, that's what we're eating. Oh my God. No wonder we're sick.
0: Mm. So- <laughs> that class kind of sounds awesome. I would have loved to do that class. I first, <laughs> I first learned about the dangers of fish oil through uh, my mentor, Dr. Pompa, who's interviewed you. And it was a whole paradigm shift to me because I was taking it for years and you know, recommending it for years. And then I was like, whoa, this is actually, I'm just going to eat the fish and, and avoid the fish oil. Most of it's already rancid. And even the best fish oil could go rancid if it mixes with warm body temperature, or stomach acid, but we're just doing too much of it in general. So it's best to just eat the fish. And first and foremost, number one, remove the seed oils and then eat the fish and do all the other things. Seed oils is the number one thing here we're talking about. So we mentioned the hateful eight. Hate. What about things like Um, peanut oil, which is a very popular question. What are your thoughts on peanut oil?
1: So, you know, doing the kind of calculation that I did to create that hateful eight group, peanut oil was one that like, um, it was sort of like not great, like, but it was, it's still like, it was almost bad. It was almost um, not good enough to make the cut, right? Because it has a good amount of uh, polyunsaturated fatty acid in it. But here's here's some of the reasons that I it still makes the cut. First of all, it's been cultivated specifically for use as uh, food for many thousands of years. It actually originated in Africa uh, where they call it ground nut because it grew on the ground instead of trees and And um, so cultivation usually uh, of an oil seed makes it. More oily, right? So olives, originally before you know, we we thousands and thousands of years ago, they probably did not so easily release oil. But after cultivating them for a long time, they became more oily. Same with the peanuts. Um, and so because of that, just that they are so oily, you don't need to treat them with harsh pressure, chemical treatments, industrial scale treatments to extract a reasonable amount of oil. And so uh, that, it's kind of like anal- analogous to olives that way. Like yeah. there's peanut oil that is unrefined and I recommend that. That actually I, I think is good because there's a lot of antioxidants in there that stabilize the PUFA during cooking. Um, the same way with olive oil. Like you want to use the the more extra virgin, the best that you can afford yeah. because the lower grades of it are not as good. They're not as heat stable. Uh, and, um, so peanut too. So, so peanut oil that has a flavor is generally has to be unrefined peanut oil. It will taste like peanuts. It will be delicious. (laughs) That is the good. That is good. That's in the good category. I have a middle category because, you know, we need one. (laughs) The, The peanut oil that is refined is in that middle category. It's okay because it's way better than the seed oils. It doesn't have toxins in it and it's nowhere near as bad when you cook with it, but it doesn't have the nutrition. It's mostly empty calories mm-hmm. and it's not quite as heat stable. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, so that's, you're saying if you're cooking with it, but here, here's, here's where I want the the group here to understand. If, if you go to a restaurant, I think Chick-fil-A uses peanut oil unrefined It's very different when you're getting peanut oil from a restaurant versus cooking it at home, even if it's unrefined or refined, because they reuse the oils for days to weeks. My mom used to work – I don't know if you knew this, Dr. K., but my mom used to work at Kentucky Fried Chicken when I was a kid. (laughs) She brought me home, Koopas, (laughs) and and I would eat it. But she would tell me – she would only bring it the chicken, the fried chicken, home on the day when they change the oil, and they okay. wouldn't change the oil for 14 to sometimes 17 days, refrying okay. it, refrying it, refrying it. So even if it's peanut oil and it's unrefined or refined, if it's at a restaurant, you don't know if that's the same day they change it or if it's going to be like 7 or 14 days old.
1: Great point. And absolutely would be better to use tallow. And mm-hmm. it only costs twice as much, roughly, as the seed oil. So it's not like olive oil, which would be in it. Prohibitively expensive. Tallow is actually the best, but the the truth is that deep frying in a restaurant, like you say, is a different scenario because of the abuse of the oil, or what the toxicologists call it, thermal stress. Mm. Thermally stressed oil is just going to be toxic. That kind of cooking is never the is never really something you should live on. You know. Mm. But unfortunately, that it's the easiest way to get people who don't have a culinary background to make something that their customers will still like because it's crunchy and it's done and, you know, it's uniform. So uh, that's why you see it all over the place and even in sit-down restaurants. And they do the same procedure of hardly uh, changing the oil because it mm-hmm. is expensive.
0: Allow me to take a moment to talk to you about this metabolic wellness drink Called Good Idea. I've been using Good Idea and the taste is great, but more importantly, I love that it's made with clean ingredients that has been tested and proven effective in clinical trials. Good Idea contains a unique blend of amino acids and chromium picolinate that have been shown to reduce the blood sugar response to meals. As we know, balanced blood sugar means better energy, less cravings, improved metabolism in a better mood. It's all about postprandial glucose, meaning how well controlled is your glucose after eating a meal. The taste of Good Idea is mild and refreshing, kind of like lighter sparkling water. I personally can't get enough of it. Me and my fiance, Natasia go through cases every single month. And the great thing about the good folks over at Good Idea is that they gave me a promo code for Keto Camp podcast listeners. So if you head to goodidea.com, US, and use the coupon code KETOCAMP at checkout, you'll get 10% off your Good Idea drinks. That is K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P, no space in between. Go to goodidea.us or click the link down below, and it would be a good idea to go get your Good Idea. So the better options are going to be saturated fats, monounsaturated fats. You listed a few, so unrefined peanut oil could be fine. Um, olive oil that's extra virgin in a dark glass bottle that's not cut with uh, a soybean or a canola. You got to find out if it's cut. So real olive oil would be great. Um, avocado oil, same thing. Make sure it's not cut. You said beef tallow. What about uh, coconut oil, butter, ghee, duck fat, lard? What about those?
1: Yeah. Cooking with all those at home is absolutely 100% great. It's delicious. It's traditional. Um, And, you know, something that uh, French and Italian chefs do is they'll combine olive oil with butter because the two kind of protect each other, right? So olive oil has a slightly higher smoke point, so you don't get like too much browning. And um, the butter has the saturated fat, which protects the uh, small amount of pufa that's in olive oil. So yeah, and and this start doing that. Yeah, it's really good. And, and pan frying at home is typically a short process, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're just like, it's something thin usually. It's not going to be more than half an hour usually. And, and it's also, well, I don't know if you want to talk about smoke point, but that's, that kind of throws a lot of people. Well, I
0: mean, I do want to talk about it because my understanding is that it's, it's not the main thing that we pay attention to, right? The smoke point fallacy, these vegetable oils have high smoke points. So yeah, maybe let's bust that myth of smoke points.
1: Yes, it is a fallacy, right? I, I think it's kind of like a selling point that the, the seed oil industry created. Um, so smoke point just simply refers to the point at which the oil gets hot enough to have like uh, browning happen in the bottom of the pan or some smoke being emitted. Um, and the it, it has no way, shape or form uh, an indicator of how stable the oil is to molecular deterioration. Um, and in fact, you want browning on your food. Like if you want to cook, uh, not oysters, those round ocean things, scallops?
2: Scallops. Yeah, scallop. yeah.
1: um, if you want to cook those, you want a little brown on there. And, and that you're not going to get that in a high smoke point oil so fast, but you will get it from butter or that butter olive oil mix. It just takes like 20 seconds. And the the food never gets you know, to a, the smoke point of of the uh, of the oil. Like the food doesn't get to be 400 degrees on a stovetop. You don't need it to be cindering True. hot like that. It'll turn meat into rubber and anything just gets ruined. So seed oils with a high smoke point is a, good for a busy restaurant where people don't really pay attention to the, the tenderness and the quality <laughs> of the food. It's, it's a way of... Of making it easy for a busy kitchen, but it it totally it creates toxins and it allows you to overcook your food, relatively overcook it, forces you to relatively overcook it because it delays the browning, um, and uh, and also. Um, heat destroys the nutrition in your food right so you don't want to you just want to cook your food to the minimum amount that you like it at and don't go beyond that because every every more like minute on that stove you're incinerating some vitamins you're fusing proteins you're just making stuff less bioavailable so the least amount of cooking that gives you the flavor you like is always the best
0: Yeah. And, and what I do, I learned this from TJ Robinson from the fresh pressed olive oil club. Um, I actually, when I cook on a non-toxic pan, I heat it up and then once it's heated, then I add the oil. So I'm not heating it's the oil is not added. And so it's already hot, but I don't over, you know, fry things or cook things to your point. That's just a general rule of thumb to follow. Um, I have, um, I have a couple more questions for you. And, um, for those who are VIP. If you want, we're going to, in about five minutes, and then we'll get you off by 1 p.m. your time so we don't take too much uh, of your time. Um, So we have about 15 minutes left. So in about five minutes, the VIP members who want to come on the live stream and ask Dr. Kate a a quick question, just get into the StreamYard studio. I see a few of you are back there. Your camera needs to be turned on. Your mic needs to be on. So we'll get to that. But I have two questions. All right, this is going to be an interesting one. Okay, so if somebody has three options, and this is a hypothetical because it's not really realistic, but here are the three options. Three vices. I'm going to smoke cigarettes each day, option one. I'm going to eat sugar, uh, high amounts of processed sugar each day, option two, or I'm going to eat vegetable oils each day. Which option is worse?
1: Eating the vegetable oil each day. That was easy.
0: (laughs) Okay, explain why it's worse than smoking every day and sugar every day.
1: You don't build your body out of parts that you inhale from with cigarette smoke. It's the toxicity uh, begins and ends with the the beginning and end of your cigarette Mm. with vegetable oils or say a French fry, there's toxins in the French fry, but then there's also unoxidized polyunsaturated fatty acids that are going to end up in your body fat. Mm. And that's where we get to a whole other layer of metabolic impacts that that go beyond just the direct toxic effects and start to uh, get into what I, we touched on earlier with, well, what does it mean when your body fat is full of stuff that your mitochondria can't use for energy? So, so that's why it's worse than cigarettes. And it's worse than sugar too, because you know sugar is empty calories, but empty calories build body fat sugar turns into normal body fat, normal body fat that humans have carried around for a long time. What do I mean by that? What's normal body fat? I mean, the fatty acids are monounsaturated and saturated mostly. Mm. That is supposed to be that what we have in our body fat. But when we eat poofas, they end up in our body fat as PUFAs. Mm. And so these days, instead of just like a PUFA in our body fat, many people are walking around with 40%. And that's where they get into this other layer of metabolic problems that, you know, has to do with diabetes and all these tragic, terrible diseases, cancer, Alzheimer's and so on.
0: That is super interesting. I did not know that about sugar turning into saturated and monounsaturated fat. What about um, high fructose corn syrup? Does it also turn into that or is that something different? Same thing. (laughs)
1: I mean, table sugar and high fructose corn syrup are almost identical molecularly because high fructose corn syrup is just higher fructose than Mm -hmm. regular. And so, but it's a combination of sucrose and fructose, just like table sugar is a combination of sucrose and fructose. So, and when you break it down, you know, it's the same. Like once your body, your body can't tell whether a molecule of fructose came from a banana or from high fructose corn syrup. It's identical. So it's really when it comes with sugar, it's like the total amount, right? So yeah. I, I don't advocate, oh, you can get all the sugar you want as long as it comes from fruit. No. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So, and also just to, I agree with avoiding vegetable oils first, uh, worse than sugar and cigarettes, even with the sugar part, you could, you know, stay active, go for a walk, do some squats and, that excess glucose you could use as energy, put it into your glycogen stores, burn it off. But those vegetable oils, they, they stick around for a very long time. Last question before we get into VIP. What do you do when you go to a restaurant? What's a practical tip you can give? Because when we go to restaurants, they're using these bad fats, even the best restaurants. So what do you do at restaurants?
1: Well, usually I do a little legwork beforehand and try and see, okay, what, what, you know, is there anybody around? And so here in Orlando, I've found multiple restaurants that, that have multiple dishes that are totally seed oil free. Um, And one of them is a chain, it's called Four Rivers. And there's four locations and they do like grass-fed beef, it's really awesome. Um, Just giving them a shout out. (laughs) And uh, so, but if you don't have the option of doing that legwork and you don't know, you're kind of going to a safe house, uh, what can you do as, like, on the fly? Well, the, in those situations, uh, let's say it is a sit down restaurant where they do some cooking in their own kitchen. It's not like all fast food. Um, you say, Is there anything that you can cook for me in butter? Like, do you have like a fish you could just cook in butter? And not, I mean actual butter, not butter oil. Um, and you have to specify that because mm-hmm. these days a lot of restaurants will use like a fake butter spread. Yep. Um, or if you don't have uh, actual butter, then like real olive oil. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, is there anything that you can cook without any oil, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. steam certain things. You can steam, you know, some seafood and stuff like that. Um, And so usually so far um, I've been able to deal that way. Um, In the chain restaurants, then it's kind of a matter of taking out usually the carby things because so like, say, take Taco Bell, you can get a uh, Taco Bell taco salad without the shell and the shell has tons of seed oil in there, and that's why a lot of people get benefits when they go on a low carb diet without even thinking about seed oils, because sure. they're cutting out these these uh, carbs that are saturated with seed oils. Mm-hmm. And when you go to Taco Bell for your taco salad, you can top it with avocado and cheese, and um, you'll have lots of ground beef in there if you like, and you know get healthy natural fats that way. So that kind of uh, strategy of okay well what's the worst thing here is there anything in here that doesn't have seed oils how can i make a meal out of that
0: that's great fantastic tip i love that and that's going to be so useful because they're everywhere uh and there's going to be a situation where you're at a restaurant and you got to explore those options what i typically do i tell the waiter or the waitress that um i'm allergic to vegetable oils and i'm like do you have real butter real olive oil and they typically do it but when i say the allergic thing then they pay attention right and I'm not really lying. We're all kind of allergic to these vegetable oils. So there's some. Yeah. We
2: are.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's not a lie.
0: <laughs> it's not a lie. Okay. We have about eight minutes. So um, I see Erica. Helen has the camera on Erica. Do you want to come on here and ask Dr. Kate your question? She does. Let's keep it to maybe two minutes each so we could get Dr. Kate off. So here is Erica Ward.
2: First of all, thank you so much. So very interesting. I've been keto and cut out sugar. I'm not as diligent about seed oils but that's about to change um i could talk to you for an hour but i'm going to keep it short i'm going to ask my easy questions do you have a link to that data that you said the aha hid about seed oil and cholesterol
1: i do yeah so if you go to my website which is drkate.com and it's dr d-r-c-a-t-e just six letters um and type in cholesterol That will take you to a hub of all the articles I've written about cholesterol. And one of them specifically, the title is um, about the American Heart Association has been lying. I think it's called cholesterol is good. The American Heart Association is bad.
2: (laughs) Okay. Now I have a little bit of a longer one, but you do it as quick as you can. Omega three, omega six, three is the good. Six is the bad.
1: Uh, three is the one that we lose first. So some people supplement it. Neither one is good or bad. It's actually a myth that one is pro inflammatory and one is anti inflammatory. And that's kind of a long story to explain why that myth ever started, but it has to do with how aspirin works. But can they both
2: me, can you give me a resource for that so I can look that up after this? Because I'm big into the omega six and omega three. I'd like to know, I'd like sure. to understand that better.
1: Well, what you can do is you can Google um, metabolism. Uh, Cyclooxygenase metabolism, um, alpha linolenic acid. Okay,
2: and I'm going to ask I'll you to put it. that in the comments.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll get that. I'll get that to you. Dr. Thank Kate's you. website, by the way, Eric and everybody else is dr. Kate, so dot com. Yeah, she has all the research on there, the hateful eights on there. A lot of the research that I get, I do just go directly to her website, but I'll get, I'll get that info for you, Erica.
2: Okay. I'm good. Then thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Next question from Helen. I'm going to ask the question from her. She's here. She's a VIP member. Helen says, how can we release from our bodies, the stored fat that has been stored from years of eating the wrong oils?
1: Great question. Okay, so uh, the more that you burn your body fat, the more that will happen, and uh, the uh, the benefit of intermittent the benefit of intermittent fasting is that it kind of accelerates that process. The downside of it is that not everybody in my experience is able to just jump right into that and so i kind of call not snacking between meals a baby step towards intermittent fasting and i focus on building meals that um give you sustainable energy but the more you burn your body fat the more you are accelerating the process and eating a whole a wholesome balanced diet um helps your body cope with the fact that the only way that you're going to get your body, your body composition to be lower in polyunsaturated fatty acids is by burning them. So that's, uh, you really have to fortify your body. And and I talk about how to do that in the Fat Burn Fix.
0: Yeah, Fat Burn Fix is great. It's uh, on Audible and paperback. So depending on how you like to get your books. Next question is from Lynn. What about oils that we use, um, essential oils like jojoba, calundula and almond oil? Are those bad for you as well?
1: um so if we're talking about like skin products uh i think everything you mentioned actually has a pretty good fatty acid profile um in fact, traditional uh, nuts and fruits used for skin just so, so happen to have pretty good fatty acid profiles. And th- even so, they don't really get absorbed into the bloodstream through the skin. So it's it's a different conversation. I mean, it's, it's not as good for your skin, but it really e- begins and ends with your skin if you're putting a PUFA-based product on your skin. Um, so it kind of depends how you're using the oil. But usually, even if you're taking them internally, it's a small amount.
0: Got it. Yeah. Those that that were mentioned were sound okay. They're not like taking soybean on their skin or canola. So that's a different story. Um, Scott Rennie says, how long will Omega three leave the body since taking, I've been taking 5,000 milligrams daily for a year is what Scott said.
1: Well, so it's the same rate, right? It's a half-life is the same It's it's stored in your body fat. And so that half-life is 18 months if you have a normal body composition. It's probably a little bit longer if you have excess body fat. Um, so it's just going to take longer to exchange it all out. So, um, yeah, so it takes a while. Uh, but, um, you know, like I say, the, it's not like that did a particular worse damage to you than just eating seed oils. It's kind of all part of the big picture and shows up in things like low HDL and high triglycerides, elevated liver enzymes. And all of that resolves as soon as you stop doing, intake, taking in the damaging things and get on a uh, you know, wholesome fat, real food diet, the numbers don't get perfect the next day, but they start improving.
0: And you'll feel better immediately as you make these changes. Dr. Kate, um, thank you so much for your brilliance. And uh, I just love your energy. You're you're funny. You're intelligent. uh, You're a Floridian (laughs) now like me. And where else can they check you out? DrKate.com. Anywhere else you want them to go?
1: Yeah, just look in the sky for my big inflated head floating around. Thanks for your (laughs) comments. I mean it. I I (laughs) admire
0: what you've been doing. I learned so much from you. Thank you.
1: you. Seriously. Thank you. Uh, So yeah, drkate.com. That's the hub for where to find me. And I do have my socials listed there. So I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn mostly
0: we'll get all that. Alina will post all that. So Dr. Kate, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you. Um, You could feel free to sign off. I'm going to continue the stream, but we are very grateful for you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's always a pleasure speaking with you.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that amazing conversation with Dr. Kate. If you want to watch the video version of today's interview, that could be found on our YouTube channel. All of our podcast interviews, video format is available on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash camp. Go check out Dr. Kate's website, drkate.com. We'll reference that in the podcast notes along with her social media. Go get her book, Deep Nutrition, Fat Burn Fix, Food Rules. Uh, We'll drop all those links down below as well. And go get registered for our upcoming Keto Challenge starting January 9th. You're going to want to be on there and get educated, but also be a part of an amazing community and qualify to win over $10,000 in free prizes. So head over to ketocampchallenge.com to register your spot. Thank you so much for listening to today's interview. I am so abundant with vitamin G gratitude for you today. Thank you. I'll see you on the next episode.